my arm was swollen up like a balloon. It felt like thousands of volts of electricity going through me as the tentacles hit my arm. And the fisherman said, you must urinate on your arm immediately and get to a hospital. You're going to die. And I was quite frightened. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about whether there is life after death for someone who claims to be an atheist. Well, atheists would say that there is no life after death, and whatever we experience here on earth, that's pretty much it. But is that true? What if there is life after death even for someone who doesn't believe in it? Today on our show, we will have Ian McCormick, who lived his life on the wild side as an atheist and then died from a box jellyfish sting, which is one of the deadliest animals on this earth due to their sting that can kill. He is going to share how he had a rude awakening when he discovered that life after death is indeed real and that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's hear what he has to say as he's literally calling us from the other side of the world. Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Well, it's great to talk to you. Ian, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here with us. And thank you so much for making this time difference work. Let's dive right into this. I understand that even though your family was Christian, you became an atheist. Tell me more about your life growing up in a Christian family. Well, I was born in New Zealand and my mother was Episcopalian, my father Presbyterian, but as they brought me up as a kid, I went along to church and was going to stand up, sit down and kneel christened, confirmed, but I soon drifted away from it, and university I completely turned away from any belief in God and became an atheist, believed in evolution and science. But I had a passion for the ocean and surfing and diving, and so in 1980, I was 24 years of age, and I decided to travel around the world surfing like an endless summer. And so I traveled through um, Australia, Indonesia, and down into Africa, and ended up on a beautiful island in the Indian Ocean called Mauritius. My mother, she said, I'm praying for you. Thank God she was. And I used to live with a fisherman there. And, and one night, and it was April, um, Easter of 1982, I went night diving with a local Creole fisherman. And I was diving at night. We were looking for lobster and crab. And unfortunately, we swam into a bunch of very, very dangerous jellyfish which we call down under box jellyfish or sea wasp. And I was stung by five of them, excruciating pain. And the fishermen, who were Creole, turned white. They said, Ian, uh, one of these will kill you. They spoke in French. They said, Stephanie. They said, pas bon, allez, allez, vite cut from the hospital. And my French was limited, but I knew enough to say they would kill me and I was going to die. And I needed to get to the hospital immediately. Oh, my gosh. That must have been so scary. I mean, what was happening to your body from these box of jellyfish stings? Well, from memory, there were five different jellyfish in the water that hit me. I was literally protecting my face with my arm, trying to stop them from hitting my neck. The box jellyfish was one of the deadliest creatures known to man, and the toxin, they say, is 100 times more deadly than the cobra. 
Wow. And my arm was swollen up like a balloon. It felt like thousands of volts of electricity going through me as the tentacles hit my arm. And the fisherman said, you must urinate on your arm immediately and get to a hospital. You're going to die. And I was quite frightened. I mean, these were professional divers, and I was in serious trouble. That is serious trouble. Then what happened? Well, they, they got me to shore. I collapsed. The poison already taken out half of my body. And I remember mm. lying on the beach there. The young kid was freaking out. And I heard this voice say, son, if you close your eyes, you will never awake again. And I thought, what on earth And this audible voice, I had no idea it was God. I didn't know that we could hear the voice of God or that man could hear God speak. And I didn't know who it was, but I knew that voice was true. I was a consultant. Um, I was an instructor in scuba. So I knew if I closed my eyes, I would actually die. And often people have been hit by them within three minutes. They're dead if they're hit in the neck. If they're hit on the extremity, 10, 15 minutes. So I should have died there right on the beach had I not heard that voice. So I staggered to my feet and hobbled down the road and found some taxi drivers, begged for them to take me. They said, how much money do you pay me? And I said, look, a hundred bucks. And they said, well, let's see it. I said, look, I don't have it on me. I've been diving. And they walked away. So, for, and, and as they walked away, I heard this voice a second time. I said, son, are you willing to beg for your life? I said, beg for your life? I looked around. There was no one there. So I fell to my knees and pleaded for my life. Fortunately, one of the drivers took me without the money. He said, I'll, I'll take you to the hospital. Partway there, he changed his mind and said, look, uh, uh, how are you going to pay me? I said, look, I have a ton of money. He said, well, what hotel do you stay in? Uh, what's your room number so I get paid? I said, look, I don't live in a hotel. I, I stay with some fishermen, Creoles. At that point, he got incredibly angry and dropped me at the nearest hotel he could find. And as he dropped me, um, uh, I couldn't walk, so he pushed me out of his car and left me for dead. Uh, I remember lying on the side of the road, left for dead, and a fisherman found me. He was security guard on the hotel called Danielle. Uh, it was actually in the village where I lived, and he carried me into the hotel, and my body started to go into the death rattles, the the Chinese owners thought I was on heroin. I tried to explain it was a jellyfish. And then for the third time, I heard this voice speak to me. And an ambulance arrived. They were racing me to the hospital. And I could hardly breathe. And I watched my life flash before me. As I'm watching this, this happens before people die. And I realized I was very, very close. And I saw my mum on her knees praying for me. I thought, what's mum doing? And my mum was like in a clear vision city. And no matter how far from God you are, son, no matter what you've done wrong in your life, if you call out to God from your heart, God will hear you and God will forgive you. I was shaken. I mean, I had no idea until I talked to my mom later that she had been told by God on the other side of the world that her son Ian, her other son Ian, was nearly dead. Pray for him now. Um, this is critical at this point in my life. Hmm. You were in an ambulance and you got a vision of your mom praying for you. Yeah. Now you're an atheist having a vision. And honestly, none of this should have even been happening in your mind, yes. is what you thought. But here you are, God is talking to you and showing you your mother as you are dying in a very real way. Oh, yeah. Well, at that point, I could have said, oh, is this the endorphins? Is this the effect of the poison? But it was so clear and so deep, it touched the depth of my heart. I mean, I just knew that I'd seen something that was very, very real. And I thought, well, pray. Well, I'm an atheist. I mean... And if there is a God, which one? There's thousands of different beliefs and gods out there. Right. And as I lay there, I said, look, if you're real, show me your face and I'll believe. I saw no one appear. Um, just my mum praying for her. I thought, well, my mum's a Christian. Could mum be right? Is she praying to the true living God? And so I said, well, look, God, if you do exist, I wouldn't even know what to pray. 
I can't remember any kind of prayer, but if you are there and you do exist, tell me to pray. And suddenly the Lord's Prayer began to appear in front of me. Oh, wow. I mean, you saw the words of the Father's Prayer yes. showing up in your eyes like a movie screen? Yes. First ones that came up were, forgive us our trespasses and sins. And I said, well, God, how could you forgive me? Committed so many sins. And I said, I didn't even have time to list them, but I've done a heap of things wrong. If you can forgive me, uh, please forgive me all my sins. And then those words that appeared and fresh words come up. Forgive those who have trespassed and sinned against you. I thought, well, I'm not a revengeful man by nature. I can forgive anyone. And suddenly two men's faces appeared in front of me who I had great difficulty forgiving. Mm. I don't know if you've got anyone on your hit list, but I mean, these men are the last people in the world that I'd want to forgive. Mm. And as I lay there, one of them was a taxi driver who just pushed me out of the car that night and left me for dead. Mm. And I heard this voice say, son, will you forgive this man for not taking his car tonight and, and leaving you to die, pushing me out of the car? And I said, you must be joking. I didn't realize that this voice was the same person who had been telling me if I closed my eyes, I would die. And would I beg for my life? I thought, thank God. Am I missing to God? I mean, this really shook me. I said, but God, I don't want to forgive them. These men, look what they've done to me. But if you can somehow forgive me, I will forgive them. Oh my gosh, Ian. I can't believe that you're literally being guided into your deathbed by the God who you never believed in. I mean, Ian, let's stop there as I want to have you on our next show to talk about when you did literally die right there. And to your surprise, you encountered a spiritual realm you denied ever existed. Ian, thanks so much for being with us. That's fine. God bless you. Hang on. The show's not over yet. Let's talk about life after death right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I know if you're hearing this, you might have some questions. How can someone who doesn't believe in God suddenly hear God on his deathbed? Well, I think the reality is, is God real or not? Was he just hallucinating? Was he experiencing something real? For you skeptics out there, let's just say this was real. Here we are seeing that Ian, despite his strong belief that there was no God, God shows up to him and starts guiding him through his death. To me, that says so much about the character and love of God that he has for people, even those who openly deny his existence. And that used to be me. I was an atheist and I vehemently insulted him by denying his existence and told others that even successfully convinced some Christians that their God isn't real. Oh man. And here's Ian who did that with a passion. Now God is there for him in his time of need. You might ask why. 
Well, God would have the total right to not be there for him, to let him die alone. But no, God came rushing to him. Well, according to ancient scripture, that makes perfect sense. It is written in 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God is long-suffering. He's not temperamental. He waits for atheists all around the world to come back home to him. He waits for those to know that he loves them and that he has provided a way for them to know him. His desire was for Ian, for Ian to come to repentance, to change the way he thinks about God. And in his story, Ian is going through that. And what he experienced next is breathtaking. Now, where are you at with this? Father God, I'm praying right now for the person who's saying, gosh, I don't know if God loves me. How could God love me? I've done so many bad things. But Jesus died on the cross for you, my friend. So Lord Jesus, we turn to you, we believe in you, and we want to encounter you. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.